the voice of wealth. Now, that may amaze you. What is voice? What is wealth? There could be multitude of wealth. But it's only the voice that produces life. Hallelujah. The voice of wealth. I want you to understand it. It's only the voice in words spoken that produces life. Otherwise, there are so many things you say and you don't get results. Because there's no voice in it. Now listen to me. Jesus said in John 5, He said the hour is coming. When did they shall hear what? The voice of God. He didn't say that you hear the words. They shall hear the voice of God. And they that hear shall do what? Shall live. Now, let me say this to you. Anytime God wants to change your situation, he does it through words. And every word he speaks carries a voice. Now listen to this. My sheep hear my voice. It means words can be spoken, but it's a voice within the words. And only God's sheep can understand the voice within the words that Jesus speaks. Most often when he speaks, they are like parables. But his sheep picks what is contained in the thing that he says. Glory to God. If God must change your life today, it's going to be through words. It could be through a verse, it could be through individuals, it could be that also makes it important for you to take time to select what you listen to. Okay, let's begin to read 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3. I'm reading from verse 1 to 3. Hallelujah. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. When the Bible said the word of the Lord was precious, it simply means God wasn't speaking. But it's not as if he wasn't speaking, but there was no communication as it were. Hallelujah. The word of the Lord was precious in the days of Eli. By implication, understanding was removed from the people. But don't you forget this. Eli was still a priest. Eli was still ministering. But now God wants to change the order. He has to speak to a young man. Hallelujah. And when you get on to verse 2 and he says, And it came to pass at that time, when Eli was laid down in his place, and his eyes began to watch dim that he could not see. And the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and someone was laid down to sleep. The next thing was God began to speak. Is that okay? Yeah. And Samuel began to run down to Eli. And Eli began to say, I'm not the one calling you. Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm talking about here? Listen to me. Don't be too old for God to communicate through or to. Don't be too religious that you can't understand when God wants to shift. Don't be too familiar that when God is saying move, you are debating as to whether you should move or not. Anytime God wants a change, it is through the voice of God. When God wanted to move the children of Israel from, I mean, from Egypt, it was through the voice. He simply spoke to a man and they have to move. 
God is not going to make any change. God is not going to make any move. God is not going to make anything in your life except through the voice. Hear what he said in Hebrew 1. The God who spoke in sundry times, in divert manners, through the prophets, has spoken to us today through what? Through the Son. So the voice of God is now through the Son. And the Son communicates through his body the instrument that he sent the forth. If he can receive the word from the heart, if he can receive the word from the mouth, if he can accept them, just like we're saying this morning, if he can place value on what you are hearing and receiving, your change will come. God wanted to change the order. He wanted to make a shift from the old religious order. He wanted to bring Israel to another dimension of glory and light and understanding. He began to speak. Anytime God wants to speak and begin to speak, he wants to make a change in your life. Hallelujah! That is the only time. Anytime he comes with the word, he wants to make a change. So if you can grab hold of the thing that God is saying, a change will definitely result in your life. Hallelujah. Are you there? So I said, when God wants to change times and seasons in your life and situation, he sent this word. Even the Bible, Sammy, we said the same thing. He sent forth his word, and the word does what? He led them. It is through the word that deliverance comes. It is through the word that healing comes. God's word have no reverse gear. Yeah. Anytime he sends a word, it must accomplish the purpose for which he sent it. It does not have a reverse gear. Never a time God speaks a word and then he turns around and changes his mind about it. Never. Anytime he sends a word, the word goes forth to accomplish the purpose for which he sent it. So you must understand that the place of change the place of the true dynamism of change in creation is through the word. Hallelujah. Amen. God's word has power to accomplish itself. You don't help it. Help me somebody. You don't help God's word to fulfill what he intends to do. He has enough energy within itself to accomplish what God sent him for. So if God sends you and sets you up and determines that you must be great, nothing can reverse that. You definitely will be great. Hallelujah. Now, let me show you a typical example that some of you will never die until you fulfill your destiny. Nothing can kill you. It is practically impossible. In fact, even death cannot destroy you because you are a sent forth word. I mean, I don't understand. I, I, I don't know if I can, can communicate this to you. Look at Simon in the temple. This man was aged. This man is like he was desiring death. But death was far from this man. Why? Because God have told him, you must see the child, the salvation of Israel before you die. And when he saw the child, he said, now, oh Lord, permit me to depart. That means he was begging for death. Some of you will grow to the level you will beg for death. Yeah. Death refused to come. How people are praying for life. Someone was praying for death. But even in the midst of praying for death, death will not show up. Why? Because there is a word that was after this man. The world was around him. The world was not his life. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? Even death will not overcome the world. The word of God has power within itself to accomplish what God sent it for to do. It has enough energy. You can't help it. Glory to God. Whatever he speaks to you empowers you to accomplish. Understand this. Anything God says to you, listen, that's what I'm going to tell you this morning. Don't confess what you think. Confess what God says about you. 
Confess only what God says about you because the confession you made about what he says about you energizes you to accomplish what he wants you to accomplish. Can you turn to the book of Isaiah? Isaiah 55. Let's look at this. I'm not going to take so much of your time this morning. But I want you to come to that place where you must understand that your life is completely surrounded and based on the word of God that activates you, that energizes you, that brings you to the place of glory and fulfillment. In the beginning was the word. It means God spoke forth the Lord. That also means you were a spoken word. That's why it is said in the volume of the book is written about me. Jesus said that. Even so, in the volume of the book, you have a chapter written about you. You are a spoken word into creation. That is why you must accomplish. You have to accomplish. In Isaiah 55 verse number 10. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater. Are you still there with me? Even so his word is my word. If you want you to read it, very precise. The word that came as the rain come, scripture says, go down and begin to read that. He said, that is exactly how my word is. If I send forth my word, it does not do what? Return. Have you ever seen the rain coming down doesn't accomplish? It turns and falls on the earth. Now let me show you one simple scripture along that line. Go to Deuteronomy before I say what I have to say along this line. Go back to Deuteronomy. Chapter 32. Deuteronomy 32. And verse number 2. Moses was speaking and he said, My doctrines, which have to do with my words, shall drop as the rain. My speech shall distill as the dew, as the small rain upon the tender head, and as the showers upon the grass. What does the rain do when it falls on the grass? Life comes out. Hallelujah. Here God is saying, my words, when it comes forth, it has enough nourishment. It has enough empowering. It makes you to blossom. Glory to God. You must have one word for yourself. I have only been saying this, and it's very imperative that you understand it. I remember somebody came to me the other time, and he asked me a question. If I said, I have a calling to the ministry. I say, I will not doubt if you said you have a calling to the ministry. But I want one thing to confirm that from you. What is the covenant word that God gave to you? Because he will not send you without a covenant word. It's practically impossible. Check the whole scriptures. When he sent Moses, he told him he was going to make him a God over Pharaoh. Precisely. He told him what he's going to do. When he called even Paul, he told him the things he was going to suffer for his name's sake. He told him precisely. There is never a time. Because you see, if he doesn't give you the word, you won't be able to accomplish. Hallelujah. And so, you see, if he said, the Bible says in the book of Isaiah there, the word, it comes and it is like a seed. That means any time the word comes to you, a seed is deposited in your life. Which is the seed of life. Which is the very life of God. It empowers you. And don't you forget this. Every seed has power within himself to reproduce. 
Hallelujah. Every seed has power within itself to reproduce. And don't you forget this. The Bible says, God gave seed to the sower and bread to the eater. That there is something you need to understand. You must design and be able to distinguish between bread and seed. If you eat up your seed, there will be no bread. It takes seed to produce bread. Are you still there with me? Anytime God speaks a word, that word you capture becomes a seed in your life. And you must do everything you can to nourish that word. Then seed comes out on the other side. For you to eat. Praise the Lord. Now if you look at this critically, I want to say three things here in relation to the word. You create your world by your own words. Can I hear an amen to that? Nobody outside of you have power to stop you from getting to the place that God has ordained for your life. You create your own world with your own words. That is why you must mind what you say about your life, about yourself. You have to be careful about what you say. In fact, you are not permitted to say what God has not said about you. You create a world by your words. If we be the sons of God, then we are just like our father. How did God create the world? Through the word. He spoke and the world came into existence. You also can create your own world. And the funny aspect of it is you can't create what is positive on except first you built it within your spirit. Because out of the abundance of the heart of man, the mouth speaks. Hallelujah. And don't you forget, the heart of man is desperately what? Wicked. That is why you must not just be operating with the heart of man. You must begin to operate with the heart of God. And you ask me if God had heart? Yeah, because, heart, because God thinks and thought are a function of the heart, if you will. From the abundance in the heart, the mouth speaketh. Remember that? Come on, am I talking to somebody? Now, does God think? God thinks. Can I prove that to you? I know the thought that I think towards you. God thinks. And if you are a child of God, God has also called you to a place of thinking. Thinking rightly. So that you can speak right words that create. That means anytime you speak a word, he goes to the front to wait for you. A seed, the eater. Am I communicating now? Is that okay? Because you are sowing something by the things you say. And it builds up on the other side. And when you move into the world, you encounter the things you spoke with yesterday. You must mind what you say. You must make the kind of confession you make about your life. Those of you who are always here in this ministry, you know. There are things we can't believe into. Because they form negative confessions. I'm sure you know that. You are not permitted to be killed by man. Did you hear what I've just said? I say you are not permitted to be killed by man. When I say you are not permitted, I mean you are not permitted to be killed by man. Therefore, anything called wish or wizard or whatever have no power over your life. 
Not even that quick naysayer called the devil. For even that which the devil tries to do, work out for your own good. Hallelujah. Don't forget this. There are four levels of being a Christian. Otherwise, I use warsonship. Four levels. You may be a child in the house. And the word refers to you as a nephew. You know nothing. Being guided by all manner of persons. In fact, when God speaks, you can't understand. You are in a puce. Are you here with me? And we have other class of people we call the techno. These men are just beginning to grow. But you are not mature yet. Then you come to the level of category of people called the wheels of God. These men are beginning to take responsibility. Now they can hear from God. They know they are left from their right. These people cannot be moved by all manner of messages and doctrines. Because they have contact with the Father. God speaks to them. And the final dimension of sonship in the kingdom of God is the bane. B-A-N-E. And these are people who are called family builders. They are now men. Who take responsibility and feed the young ones. It depends on your category. Because sometimes you say, why is this man saying what he's saying? Well, you see, we may be in the same building. I may be on the rooftop. You can't see as far as I can see. My horizon is wider and farther than what you can see. If you are on the same structure with me and you are down on the same building, I'm at the top. Am I talking, talking to someone here? So you don't expect me to say what you say or to think the way you think because what I see forms what I see and forms what I say. You create your world by your own words. If it is going to be good for you tomorrow, it is your responsibility. Those of us in this fellowship we know, I've always told you, you must grow up and take responsibility. Some of you like staying in the wilderness. That's a level of being in the pews. If I will explain that to you. You know because we have always believed. That wilderness means a place of suffering. But that is not true. I'm sure those of you in the ministry you know. I've been able to make you see that. Wilderness is not a place of suffering. Wilderness is a place of rejoicing. Wilderness is a place of where God takes responsibility for your life. That's wilderness. He provides for you because you're a child. That's why in the wilderness God gave them manna. God gave them shoes. God gave them clothes. Come on, am I talking to somebody? That's childishness. But God wants you to get to Canaan where you mature and there you plan at the manner we seize. At this level, you begin to think. Now you're taking responsibility. This time there are some things you think they are prayers. God will be counting them to be foolishness. Are you sitting there with me? it has come to a place where you are even asking God to implement some things with permission, not begging for him. To, come on, I don't know how to make you see this. You want to implement by creating with your words. Hallelujah. The people say God gives seed to the sower. That means everything you have in life is a seed. Even your life is a seed. And any seed that is not sown, no bread comes out of it. 
your life, your property, they are all seed. Everything you have is a seed. Whatever thing God has given to you is a seed. God gives seed to the sower. You can sow your life. Now, if I'm speaking this, don't get into religion to say, carry your life and put it in the church. I'm not talking about that. Do you understand me? But your life belongs to... Remember what Jesus said? He that lost his soul eh, shall lose it. Did he say so? Good. But he that lose his soul, what does he mean? Sow it. And I've always made you to understand anything you sow, you don't reap the same thing. Don't be confused with whatever you sow. That shall you reap. It doesn't mean if you sow 100 naira, you get 100 naira. That is not God's principle. If you sow a seed of corn, you harvest a bundle of corn. Yes, you don't sow the same thing and harvest the same thing. Unless the ground is no good. Do you understand me? If you sow a corn of wheat, you harvest a whole field. How many will come out of that? Take one seed of corn, put it in the ground. When the ears of corn comes up and the whole thing comes, what you are going to harvest in that? And then you count all the things you have on those corn. Is it one? So how can you say whatever you say, that's what you read. Therefore, if you say 1,000, you get 1,000. Who is doing that to buy with you? God is not a gambler. Are you sitting there with me? And so God said, give, it shall be given unto you. Look at what he said. Good measure. Price and running over. You understand now? Shaking. Now, is that what you saw? And again, he says, shall he cause men, not angels, men, Come on, am I talking to someone? Shall it cause men to give to your bosom? That means the life you live will determine how men relate to you. So when you begin to say, I, I don't know why people hate me, you first hate yourself. Because the life you live is what you are going to get from people. Glory to God. You create your future. And God gave the seed to the sower. Everything you have, your life, your vehicle, your money, is a seed. So depending on how you sow it, depending on how you use it, it will produce bread tomorrow for you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now like I said before, know the difference between seed and bread. Then number C, your deeds. Your deed is a seed. I mean the things you do they are what? Seeds. The scriptures say, whatever you do, do it what? To the glory of God. Did he say so? Yes, whatever thing you do, do it to the what? To the glory of God. That has to do with deeds. That means your action must be the one that glorifies God. And that includes your language. Your action, anytime, anywhere, must be the one that brings forth praise and glory to God. There are some people when they talk to you, if you leave their presence, you want to go and hang yourself. Am I right? The words are so touching. They can so x-ray you that even the things you don't know about your life, they become God. They will let you know them. Even your grandfather who died in the world, through suicide, which you were not told, they will make you see them. And they will even make you understand that even there is a prophecy that you are going to die like your father. Such people, you can't be in their presence. You don't need them in your life. 
Come on, am I talking to someone here? You don't need them one bit in your life. You must determine your relationship. You have been emphasizing that. It's so crucial. You must determine who you relate with. Ways that are not wholesome. You don't need them. Because they become negative seed. And when you leave their presence, you start thinking. You start thinking wrong thoughts. And don't you understand this, people of God? That you can't grow above your thoughts. You are directly who you think. Or how you think. How did the Bible put that? As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You are not better than the way you think. You are never better. You can never be better than the way you think. That's why your relationship, the association you keep is very crucial. If you must be able to speak to your future, you must be very, very understanding that you can't receive some words that are not wholesome into your life. Even if the prophecies, throw them down. I decree that to you today. Even though the prophecies never, you were not sent here by God for anything negative to begin to be the thing that will rule your life. If it is a prophecy and it does not agree with the mind that the mandate of God for your life, throw it down. It's only what you receive that works. The principle is simple to them that believe all things. So if the prophecy comes and you don't believe it, they can't walk. Am I talking to someone here? So even if somebody comes and told you the Lord told me you are going to die and you don't believe it, you won't die. Death is far from your tabernacles. The book of Job says, say death is far from your tabernacle, from your dwelling place. Death is far, of, far from it. So even if somebody comes to tell you, the question is why would somebody come to tell you and you don't know yourself? Where have you been when those things were happening in the spirit realm? That's why you must know some things about your life. So that when they happen, they are no longer incidental. You too have been able to know. It's like a confirmation. Glory to God, somebody. My emphasis this morning is the word. Which has to do with the voice of God. Now, it must come to a place in your life. Where what you call faith is no longer what we call faith. But it becomes the faith of God. Listen to me and listen very critical because this is very serious. Can you turn to Galatians chapter 20, chapter 2 please, and verse number 20. Galatians 2.20 It gives us a word. Galatians 2.20 gives us a word. It's 2, not 20. 20. Galatians 2.20 Hallelujah. The word says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I. But Christ liveth in me. Listen to me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by what? Come and read with me. I live by what? By the faith of who? Of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. The faith of the Son of God, no longer my faith. Hallelujah. He said, you may have principle of seven faith to success, but I'm also talking to you about the faith of God that you don't need to go through seven faiths. You just know for real that success is yours and you are getting into it. It is no longer you living. This time you are dead to yourself. There's another faith which is called the faith of the Son of God. It's not the faith we preach in church. It's not just the faith which is hope. You see, it's not that thing hopeful. I'm not just talking about hope. I'm talking about what you know. It's real and it must come to be. This has to be with the faith of the Son of God. Does God live by hope? Come and talk to me. Does God live by hope? Do you think Jesus lived by hope? Okay then. 
you must go beyond living by hope and coming to the place of knowing and living by knowledge of what God has in store for you. Hallelujah. So when he speaks a word to you, he's already set forth the space for you to move on. He's already made a platform for you to walk on. And you must know how you are going to anchor. He makes you see that. I've always told us here, listen and listen. Maybe I have to package this all together for some of you to come to that awareness. Sometimes you go through certain pressures and you say you are going through your wilderness. He say you are going through your cross. I've told you here, don't you ever accept your doctrines. Because for every cross that God gives to you, he shows you the end. He never said Moses without telling about Canaan. He never said Jesus without showing the end of the cross. Hebrews 2. Is it not there? 12 verse 2. He said, for the glory that was set before him, he endured the cross. Why are you going through suffering? Are you claiming it's a cross you are carrying? Why are you? You are just being deceived by religion. Check it out. It's not from God. Because it is from God, he will show you the end. Am I talking to somebody here? We have believed all this and it's disturbing our mind and making us to be in one place and we are suffering, going through some pains, some oppressions. And we say, well, it's my wilderness. Why is my processing? Oh man, you're just deceiving yourself. Glory to God. If God is responsible, he will show you the end. And what he shows you gives you the energy to bear it. Say, for the glory that was set before him, he endured the cross. Listen, it's not every message you listen to. You will die in the midst of plenty. You will die in the midst of God's glory moving. You will, you will be impoverished in the midst of plenty that God has made available. Because somebody has taught you, you must suffer to get into this. You must do this to get into that. And listen to me. Not every, I want to repeat it. Not every suffering is from God. Do you agree to that? So why do you call it cross? Why do you call it cup? Oh, come on. I want you to understand. If God gives you one, he will show you the end. If God can start you without telling you how you are finishing, he will show you. The end. Before Moses moved, he told him what Canaan looks like. He said, it's a land flowing with milk and honey. Did he tell him that? So the wilderness was not a problem because you know that Canaan was milk and honey. And he said, Jesus, listen to me. There is a glory. When you finish with the cross, you are coming up a new creature. Are you getting that? And Jesus saw this and he said, well, I must go. Because for the glory that was set before him, he endured the cross. Don't endure unnecessary things that God has not said before you. You are set free from them today. Amen. You are delivered from them today. Amen. And it has to do with all of your mind. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Listen to me. I have only said it and I will repeat it. For the benefit and, 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 and I mean, the upliftment for those of you listening to me. Don't believe in a witch. But you can know that he exists. Are you hearing me? Because some of you say, well, my background, you don't understand. My twin brother is a witch. My immediate nephew is that. So my family, don't you ever believe that. But he said, but they are there. Fine, they are there. And let me simply explain this to you. How many of you know that even the Muslim people know that there's somebody called Jesus? Now they saved why are they not saved? Because they know, but they don't believe. To them that believe, all things are possible. It is belief that delivers, not just knowing. You can hear history about Jesus. That is not salvation. Until you believe in the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus, you can be set free. Am I talking to someone here? 
So the fact that you grow up in a community of witches doesn't mean witches can destroy your life. Until you believe in what they do, they can't destroy you. They can't touch you. Even if you don't believe in the devil, they can't destroy you. Am I talking to someone here? You must wake up. God wants sons and not just nephews. God wants sons. He wants the family builders. You must rise up. Why? God is sending forth his word. And the word is healing them. He's setting them free. He's delivering them. Your past is gone. Your past is gone. Your future is glorious. But you can make your future today. Through your word. Through your thinking. Through your mindset. Through the right relationship you are beginning to have. You can have a future. Your past is gone. It has nothing to do with you. It cannot hold on to you. In fact, you don't belong to where you came from. Am I talking to somebody here? You don't belong there anymore. You can only belong there in your thinking. But you are not there. For he that is in Christ is a new creature. All things. How many things? All things. All things. All things. All things are passed away. You have to understand it. You have to believe it. Am I talking to someone here? All things. Your past is gone. It's dead and buried. It's already history. It's none of your being right now. You are a new being. You are a new creature. You have a future. We live now by the faith of the Son of God. And this now walking in me tells me things to be. It tells me where to be. It tells me how to walk in this life that is full of evil. But because he's with me, I will always be an overcomer. Am I talking to somebody? It is no longer my faith. It is the faith of the Son of God. Can I prove that from the Bible? Listen to me very closely. Lazarus was dead for four days. He had no faith. Which faith brought him out? The faith of the Son of God. Am I talking here? Because somebody say you don't have faith. How did Lazarus rise? Where was his faith? Now, it was the faith of the Son of God that rose him from the grave. That is the faith you should believe in by. Your faith is too small to accomplish things. You must come to agree with the faith of the Son of God. And that man lives right on your inside. And he's a deliverer. He's setting you free. He's producing things. You are healed. You are delivered. You are made whole. 